Homer Maniacs, and welcome to the Homer's Podcast. Coming to you from the 2420 studios today, I'm Stephen A. Turner, joined in the studio by Mr. Brandon Ward. Gorilla style. We've got a big podcast lined up for you. Tons and tons of holiday basketball action uh, from the week that was this week. And we also have the top 10 moments uh, from 2014. This show's been going for about a year now. We have it's a the lot final of, countdown for 2014. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we have an awesome, awesome top ten list. So many we can barely squeeze them in. Now, I think we have about 12 moments in our top ten. And then we'll also run down uh, who's going to be where. Uh, coming up this week, we have even more holiday tournaments for the team, some big ones. Uh, so we've got a pretty jam-packed show for you today. Uh, really looking forward to getting this out of the way here. Uh, we'll go ahead and get things started off with uh, Davis County Panthers. Kick it off with Davis County as they defeated previously unbeaten Monroe County 72-59. Stuart Curry led the way of 23-14. Marsh Griff 16 and Hagen with 12. Moving on to Davis County versus Iroquois 63-34. The big win for Davis County there. Griffith with 26. Curry with 12 and 12. Davis County 58, Hendo 56, and a shocker there. A lot of people weren't expecting that. No. Stuart Curry goes for 21 and 13. Marshall Griffith 17 and Gilmer with 12. Moving on to the championship game now as DC comes up a little short against the vaunted Purples of Bowling Green 69-66. Marshall Griffith led the way with 33 points. Yeah, you got, uh, Davis County going on, uh, just a phenomenal run in the OIT. We got to get out to a lot of the OIT games. I'm, I'm so excited that the OIT's back. And we got to see just tons and tons of basketball, 40 games in just three days. I kind of like to see next year, maybe they expand it an extra day so we could, don't have to do those two a day games. I know there's a little bit of complaining there about the morning and night games. He'd like to see it so he could sleep as well. Yeah, that's right. Maybe get, catch a little bit of sleep, but, uh, Davis County kind of turned some heads here, not just, uh, locally, but statewide. I know it's on bluegrass preps getting a lot of props, uh, with their, with their victory over Hendo. And then they, they really should have beat Bowling Green. They let that game slip away. Uh, they dominated pretty much the first three quarters of this game. I thought Marshall Griffith was in complete control, best player on the court, in my opinion, uh, throughout that game. Uh, not to knock Stuart Curry because he just continues to improve and improve, but uh, Panthers kind of got away from what they were doing. They, uh, Bowling Green were able to speed them up there towards the end. Game kind of changed with some calls. I thought there were some questionable calls down the stretch as well. Yeah, our region officials, you know. Our boy Kenny Wilson there, uh, his officiating crew was on this one, so anytime that happens, you can uh, go ahead, and that's about a minus five on any of the local four county city schools here. Yeah, all bets are off when, when that when that occurs, and Davis kind of comes up a little short, 69-66. I hate Bowling Green taking home the OIT. I, there for a while, you know, when I was looking at the, the layout of this tournament, I kind of expected it to be Henderson and Bowling Green, two of our most hated Outside uh, schools uh, coming into Owensboro, winning the OIT. Davis County represented well, almost stole the trophy, just came up a, a little bit short versus Bowling Green. Yeah, Marshall Griffith, like you said, led the way early in the game. He hit four uh, first-half three-pointers. He was taking over. and He's he's my favorite player to watch as far as the guy that's out there just having fun. I mean, nobody has as much fun. A lot of people says it's a bad attitude. Man, those other players on his team, they follow him. And whenever he starts feeling confident and he starts getting that swagger going – Look out, because Davis County feeds off of it. Yeah, I know you got Holman and Miller over OHS, a one-two punch. It's hard to say that Curry and Griffith are the best one-two punch, but my goodness, they are fun to watch. Uh, If they can just get a little bit of contribution from some other players to step into those other roles, I think Davis County is going to be a team not just locally. I mean, you said it on on the Twitter page, any of the four teams could really represent 
uh, the region at state. I think these this team could could do some damage on a statewide level. And when you're talking about Davis County, Marshall Griffith, uh, hashtag Mister Underrated. You you got a good picture of him? Yes, sir. I, I I don't doubt that at all. The kid is very underrated. I saw several uh, top fives where they took the top five the, the starting lineups from the third region, and he was being left out of a lot of them on a lot of the message boards. And to me, there's not a better point guard in the region right now than Marshall Griffith. Another guy from Davis County has really been coming on lately, Stuart Curry. He's improved dramatically from last season. Every time we've seen this kid, we we said he looks like Larry Bird out there shooting. We actually got a video on uh, the Instagram, the Homers 1027. You can go check it out, where he comes off a screen and just hits a fadeaway jump shot from about 17 feet out. There's no stopping that. That fadeaway is nasty. And if he's on, if he's on point hitting those fadeaways, he's very, very difficult to stop for anybody. And uh, he had it working through about three quarters. Unfortunately, he fouled out very early. Uh, he, he draws an assignment that really is not uh, his his. Ma- it doesn't match up with him very well because he's so tall. Uh, really, he he as tall as he is around here, he's going to be used in more of a center type of role. But really, he's a, a plays the four, maybe even the three. Uh, but he's being matched up with guys that are just more physical inside than he is. It gets him in foul trouble. But uh, Curry just just continues to improve. And Davis County, uh, sky's the limit for them. They're gonna they're gonna take this week off. They're, they're gonna set it home. They're not gonna go out to holiday tournaments. The, uh, coach told me they're gonna enjoy time with their families. Hey, I, I got no problem with that. Uh, I'm sure they'll be in the gym working and working and working and getting ready for the second half of the season here. Let's go ahead and get to our Davis County Panther of the week. And it's going to be Marshall Griffith. Uh, Marshall averaged 23 points per game last week in the OIT. You can't argue with that. I mean, the, the kid put his team in position to succeed and to win the OIT. They just came up just a little bit short. Uh, he's one of the most electric players in the third region, if you ask me. Hashtag Mr. Underrated. Moving on now, the Catholic, as they went down to Russellville, 57-52. Luke Hayden with 18, RZ3 with 15, and Ed Carter with 13-7-6. and six. Murray 56, Catholic 53 is that arch rival Murray just keeps getting them. <laughs> Carter 16, Luke Payne 13, Luke Hayden 12. Moving on to the Catholic 65, UHA 49 as RZ3 goes for 22 and Hayden with 12. Yeah, Catholic goes one and two overall in the OIT. And they're really struggling to find their way. I mean, I, I expect them to come out of the gate a little slow with all the football players. Then you take Cam O'Brien off the team, Mr. Uh, Ace of the Week last year. And, and there's, they're struggling without their point guard to really, to, to find a groove. I thought, I thought, you know, what I saw from Owensboro Catholic is a team that's just trying to find an identity. Uh, when you, t- and you take one of their best players off their team and they're, they're really struggling. But I think Coach Hayden is doing a good job over there. I saw Murray, uh, versus Bowling Green over at Apollo. I think it was Monday night. And, uh, let me tell you, this Murray team was very athletic. That, that's an impressive score. Catholic, uh, hung in there right there only, only three points away and, uh, you know, they're, they're still building on things over there. I still am fully confident. You throw the record out the window come March, this team will compete with any of the other three teams in the district. Yeah, if you want to turn it, the negative of Cam being injured into a positive, it's just guys that wouldn't be playing right now getting some experience. And then once Cam comes back, they'll be in better shape to win. I mean, like we said, he's he won the Catholic Ace of the Week almost every week last yeah. last year so much that we almost called it the camel brown ace of the week but i mean you put that guy back on, uh back on the team and then you've got a team that can beat any team in the district slash region that's right and you got luke hayden you talk about guys stepping up 
Uh, when Cam's down, Luke Hayden, 18, 12, and 12. He shows up in every game uh, points-wise as, as a guy that I didn't really look to to be a big contributor for this team. So that's a kid already that's starting to show out a little bit more in Cam's absence. Then you got Ed Carter, who, I mean, a lot of guys don't don't know how good he is. I think I think this kid can be among the elite players in our region he already is among the elite players in our region, really. I've seen Catholic play Apollo and Owensboro, and those have some pretty good players on that team, on those two teams. And Ed Carter was the best player on that floor in both games. Yeah, he had the, he had the best games, no no question, in both of those both of those outings, and he showed up big in these games. And RZ three, uh, the kid gets a shot off anywhere. I mean, he he can off balance, uh, kind of JJ Reddick like almost the way he just. Uh, can drain threes from anywhere. One and two in the OIT is not terrible. Uh, Russellville and Murray were both winnable games, but they were just, they're so outmatched with, without their point guard. They're, they're struggling to find their way. I thought they bounced back nicely and finished this thing off with a nice win, 65-49 over UHA. So, uh, you know, all in all, it's not all bad for Catholic and, uh, they're, they're finding the pieces to fit, and when they get Campbell Bryan back, look out. I mean, just just look out, because this team is very, very, very well coached. Let's get to our Gambit's Ace of the Week. Gambit's Ace of the Week brought to you by St. Maximilian Kobe Catholic Book and Gift. Call 270-689-9485. The winner's going to be Luke Hayden. Uh, he had 18, 12, and 12 for an average of about 14 points per game in the OIT. And you can't really argue with that. I mean, it's a kid that's stepping up that we didn't look to, kind of uh, didn't show up very much last year. Now all of a sudden he's becoming a player, just another piece of the puzzle uh, for the Owensboro Catholic Aces going forward. And we'll get to uh, what the Aces are going to be doing here in a little while. That They're going down to a big tournament in Bowling Green. We'll discuss that uh, more towards the end of the show. But right now let's kick it over to the Apollo Eagles. Or the evil empire, some are calling them these days. <laughs> yeah. Apollo 60, Catholic 55. As Apollo was led by Eli Wright with 17, Coombs with 16 and 13 rebounds. Mr. Fourth Quarter, Ben Moss with 13. For Catholic, Ray Zuber with 19, Ed Carter with 18. Moving on to the Purples, once again, beating another uh, City County team, which I just can't stand. I know. 63, 57, Wright goes for 30 in this one. Nick Wells, who I've been impressed with from what I've seen, he's a, he looks like a playmaker for this team. He went for 15. Moving on now to Apollo 76, UHA 41, Wright 24, Wells shows up again with 11. Moving on now to Apollo 84, Russellville 61, Eli Wright goes for 31, Coombs goes for 26 and 13 boards, and Nick Wells once again with 16. Yeah, it's, uh, Starting to see Apollo turn the corner a little bit. Uh, I do want to talk about, I was going to lead, lead the show off with this and I actually, actually kind of forgot a lack of sleep, but, uh, <laughs> that's right. We got to talk about it. It's a, it's a controversial topic. Clark's not here. I'll talk about it again on the radio show when I can talk about it with somebody who differs. It's probably a good thing that he's not here. Yeah. We got to talk about Trace Young. He has transferred officially from Ohio County to Apollo. We don't know yet when he's going to be eligible to play. I know they're pushing for him to play as soon as possible. He has a valid change of address from Ohio County uh, to Apollo to the Apollo District, that is. And we've seen him up in the stands watching the games. It's a it's huge. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, even if he doesn't play this year, to match up a senior Eli Wright next year with a junior and a Trace Young, two of the, the possibly the top ranked senior with the top ranked junior. Uh, next year is something I don't know that any other team in the state will have next year. And if you put him on the team this year, now all of a sudden you're talking about, hey, talent-wise, is, is, is Apollo able to stack up with OHS? So, 
you know, a lot of questions going on. I know there's a lot of controversy, a lot of sour grapes out there, a lot of people talking about situations they really don't have their finger on and giving opinion, uneducated opinions or whatnot on message boards. But, uh, you know, the kid moved to Apollo. The rule is if you have a valid change of address, you should be able to play. So, I can see it both ways. I really can. I mean, letting a kid transfer mid-season is a slippery slope and letting him play. But that being said, I mean, what what would you do if a kid, maybe dad or, or mom, got her job transferred mid-basketball, mid-football, mid-baseball season, and they move have to move from Louisville to Owensboro? Do you tell that kid, hey, I'm sorry, you know, you can't play? And, you know, that could affect your college uh prospects or whatnot you know who's recruiting you that could that could really affect your future and so do you tell that kid he can't play so i could see that side of it and at the same time it's it's difficult to let a kid just you know maybe move maybe he's upset with his coach maybe he's having a tough time over in owensboro and he he doesn't like coach drake or he doesn't like coach prince and he wants to move him and jump right across town and and play for apollo or, or davis county or whatnot so I, I can see it both ways. I, I really can. And, and either way, I'm just excited to have Trace Young at Apollo, whether it be in January or February or whether it be next, uh, you know, December, November. So personally, I'm, everybody, I'm not, a, I'm not an Apollo guy or anything. I'm, I'm an Owensboro guy. And I think anybody that's getting too heated about it just takes high school sports too seriously and needs to probably find a hobby and stay off the message boards. I mean, if you look at it, like I said, <laughs> you're talking my, about, you just said that on our show or guys who were doing a high school show. We, we yep, take it. Yeah, but we, we don't take it personally. No, where you start exactly, calling out no. people and, uh, absolutely. And when no. you look at the bottom line of it, like I said, on the Homer's uh, Facebook page, I think it's best for Trace. Trace has probably been the best player on his team since he was 12 in Ohio County. And you don't get better playing lesser competition. The only way he's going to get better is going and matching up with Eli, Eli Wright every day and practice and playing in these tournaments that uh, Barker has them playing in. I think it's best for Trace, and that's all that really matters to me in youth sports. Yeah, that's the way it should be. I mean, a lot of people look past that, and they look to their uh, allegiances, and they think, well, since the kid's been in uh, the Owensboro City School District since he was you know, in middle school or elementary school, that they're just tied to that school. I know I've seen a post out there, well, Apollo now four of their five starters are going to be, you know, from different schools. Well, you know, you got – Eli and Ben, who came from OMS and they came, went to Apollo, which to me is not a transfer. That's, I mean, I did the same thing. I was in city schools. I moved to this, to the county and I went to, to the county schools. And, and that just that happens every year to thousands of kids, across, you know, across the city. So it's not nothing new. It's not like they, they're doing what Trace is doing and transferring in. And uh, I just, I just, we'll just call Apollo the evil empire from now on because that just seems to be the, the billing that they're getting. That they're going out and getting these kids, and that's just simply not true. That is, that is, that is false. And I don't, I'll back that up a hundred percent. But I welcome Trace Young with open arms, and I can't wait to watch him play. And if if he gets on the floor this year, look out because Apollo is already starting to turn the corner. They're starting to get Coach Barker's scheme under him a little bit. I really want to talk about Friday's game. It's a, a week ago now, but it was a big district game. So Apollo's two and zero now. They get the win over Catholic sixty to fifty five, like you mentioned. I thought Caleb Coombs in this game. I know Eli had 17, and Eli's Eli. And I don't want to say, sit here and not never give Eli credit. I mean, he's not winning the Apollo Player of the Week every week, uh, as he could. I mean, really, we could give him the award every week, honestly, because he's going to be the best player on the floor every time he goes out. But uh, Caleb Coombs, to me, stood out as a player that really, when Apollo started, Catholic started to make a run at this thing, uh, Caleb was making the plays that, that really kept Apollo ahead, I thought. 
Another guy from Apollo I noticed was uh, Ben Moss came out aggressive on offense. Uh, he hit a couple jump shots right off the bat, right to start the game, got him got him into a good, confident mindset, and kept him rolling. I think he ended up scoring, what, 14 points? Yeah, yeah, I think 13 points, yep. And uh, Apollo's a different team when they're getting that. I, I, you know, Ben Ben started the season, I'm not going to lie, he started struggling a little bit. Uh, Davis County game, he saw the bench, and then I, I, ever since that game, lights kind of came on for him a little bit, and – uh, I, I don't think it's not just it's not just Ben. Let's not just say that it's Ben meshing with the the style that Barker's trying to run, and and I think Barker's trying to mesh with Ben too. So it's everybody trying to figure each other out, and that's okay. You know, I had a little bit higher expectations this early in the season, but that's okay. I can temper those down a little bit because I can start to see the direction they're going in with that very next game at Bowling Green where I saw Apollo speeding the tempo up, trying to run. I saw him pressing a lot more, playing a lot more aggressive defense, which translates well for Apollo because they play better when they're in transition. You get Eli Wright in transition, and nobody in the state is going to hang with him. There's not a kid in the state of Kentucky that can hang with Eli Wright in transition. So if you're Coach Barker, I think you can start to see that that's what he's trying to do uh, for Apollo. And then they go out and they beat USHA in a game where Travis Ford's there. Uh, coach from uh, Alabama's there. Cooper's there. Uh, front and center watching Eli just and, – and Ben. Uh, ben that morning, just uh, him and Ben both just put on a show, just like it, you're watching back in AAU ball. I mean, uh, had a very good rapport in that game, just blew UHA out of the gym. I mean, their starters probably didn't play half of this game. Apollo still uh, gets the big win, 76-41. Then you go to the nightcap, uh, Russellville, just a game where Caleb Coombs was unstoppable in this game for the first. I, that's, that's exactly right. I, I said, we call him Jaws, and he is living up. This kid's face is just red as a beat, crashing the boards. He's diving after loose balls. 26 points, 13 rebounds. I think he had about five blocks in this game, about three steals. I mean, it's just all over the stat sheet. And Eli Wright just erupted in the fourth quarter. He ended up with 31, and I think about – 12 or 13 of those came in the fourth quarter. He had a, just a, a series of plays where he, where he came down and he, he, he was aggressive through the lane and laid it in with a finger roll. The crowd kind of booted him a little bit because I think they wanted him to throw it down. He comes down again, gets an alley-oop, but he couldn't quite handle it, so he reverse lays it in. Just kind of nasty. And you can just see the legs getting under him, and he gets a steal, gets in the open court. He's got two defenders, splits them both, and just throws it down. Just absolute nasty, nasty dunk. So. He's got some nasty finger rolls going, too. I know uh, his uh, AAU coach, uh, Coach Q, uh, put up a picture of him, say he looked like Dr. J, and I know he appreciated that and he, I mean, he really did. He had an ex, he had like four feet of extension on a finger row. I mean, it was impressive. Yeah, and so you know, sky's the limit. Anytime you if you get a chance to watch this kid play, I mean, you got you got to see it because uh, he just has more explosion to the basket than just about any high school player I've ever seen. One thing I will say about Eli Wright, I saw him at the Sports Center uh, during the championship game uh, with Davis County, and he saw him down there getting some popcorn or whatnot, and he called me sir. I'm gonna, I told him, I said, never call me sir. Never call me sir ever again. I might have a lot of gray in my beard, but I'm definitely not a sir. Just, I'm just another young cat as far as I'm concerned. I'm about 20, I feel like I'm about 22. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to our Apollo Creed champion of the week. Our Darth Vader Sith of the Week brought to you by Cobert Painting. Call 270-929-1044. This time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. And I went with Caleb Coombs this week because I thought he showed up in the biggest game of the week. 
Catholic. I thought that he was the, the cog in the wheel versus Catholic. And then first Russellville just completely showed out. I mean, it's hard not to give it to Eli because, I mean, he's averaged 26 points this week, probably more than most kids in the entire state of Kentucky averaged this week. Uh, but, he'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be all right. He's going to get plenty of those. And then Nick Wells, too. I mean, you mentioned it. Ben Moss. These kids are starting to turn the corner. So, And you see Barker tinkering with the lineup. Cervantes getting in there. These are guys that are going to be winning these these awards throughout the season. So we got we got plenty more to give away. I think Wells is the X factor on this team. We'll go ahead and throw it out there, there it right is. now. There it is. Yeah, I mean – if he's doing the things that they're asking him to do and he's, he's showing up in the stat sheet with 16 or 15, I'm not sure Apollo's going to lose a whole lot. Moving on now to Owensboro as they went to the king of the bluegrass. Go Owensboro 71, Bardstown 43. Justin Miller goes for 22, Eric Common with 18 and 12. Moving on now to DOS 75, OHS 71 in a game that OHS led throughout. Morrow finished with 18. Hallman and Miller both went for 16 and 9. And then finally, Wayne County 82, OHS 68 in another game they led throughout the game. Hallman finishes with, check this stat line out, in front of all these college coaches that are here A checking them out. A lot of college coaches. 29 points, 21 rebounds, 8 blocks. Yeah, you're going to tell me this Four kid. Four steals. You're going to tell me that this kid, and I, I, I said it myself during the offseason. He's going to prep school. Uh, college coaches might need to check themselves because this kid could play college next year. You don't, prep school is just, uh, just, we're just going to hope he doesn't get injured and he, he makes it to college just the way he should right now because he could go start for D1 schools right now. I mean, this kid just putting on shows on the biggest stage. I mean, Wayne County is legit, folks. I mean, this team has been to state quite a bit lately. They're, they're ranked high in the state. I think they're ranked like seventh in the state on the AP poll. So Wayne County's no joke and he just put on a show 29, 21 and eight in front of guys that went from the sports center. What they did is they jumped in their car. Travis Ford, coach from Alabama, Xavier's coach who didn't make it down, uh, was up there. I know, uh, I think Patino was in the gym. Yeah, there was rumors Patino was there. He was there. He was there to watch, uh, Gooden for, uh, Taylor County and he, he got to see Holman at the end. And I know they had a, Louisville had assistance there too. So, uh, just putting on an absolute clinic out there. And, you know, we talk about the broad scope of things, the king of the bluegrass tournament, my favorite uh, tournament statewide. I've been there several times. I got to watch Apollo play up there. And it's not just Apollo. It's just the the atmosphere in the gym is unlike anything you'll see all season as a, other than the regional tournament. It's just it's jam-packed. It's a tiny gym, about 110 degrees in there, and, and just – all the best talent throughout the state. And then they pull in teams from Nashville, like Christ Presbyterian, who is a powerhouse. They're from Nashville, Tennessee. And you got, uh, this year you had St. John's from Washington coming in. They're ranked in the top 25 of the USA Today. So, uh, you know, Saint, these teams are legit folks. And so Owensboro goes up there and I really, really, really wanted to sh- see them show a little better, which I think they did. I mean, they had Doss on the ropes, and I got to see Doss firsthand. And to be honest with you, I didn't think that OHS could 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 come that close to beating him. I thought I thought OHS gets up against a team that's that athletic and that long. I thought Doss would beat him soundly by, by double digits. And and OHS showed me right there that this is this is going to be a team going forward that can win a state tournament. And barring like a forty-eight point fourth quarter, they would have beat Wayne County as well. Yeah, I don't understand. What's happened in the fourth quarter up there? Uh, you can't let uh, games where you have leads like that I know, slip uh, away. One thing we haven't mentioned is uh, Jacoby Harris, who's been playing really well for the Red Devils, went down with an injury. He didn't play in that final game. Yeah, I heard he. I heard he's going to be out a few weeks. 
So he's probably not going to play in the upcoming holiday tournament, El Dorado, either. That could be bad information. I'm getting that from a, from from a pretty good source, though. The the guy who's giving Baker. On the, on the, it is it's definitely not bad. Baker. It's not Baker. So you, it's not that bad. Uh, but it is from a message board. But the guy who's giving on the board is from a pretty good OHS source. So I kind of b- tend to believe what he says. So I expect him to miss a few games. Hopefully for OHS and even for me as an Apollo guy, I want him back on the court next Friday night because I don't want OHS at half speed. I don't want any excuses. If Apollo was to win, I don't want to have to hear, well, we didn't have Jacoby. I want to beat him at full strength if we can. So might bring Airball back on that game if might, Jacoby isn't. Available. I'm curious when he's going to be available too. We need to we need to really start beating the bushes. The holidays have been so hectic uh but you know these all these games are taking place and after i feel like after next week we can really get our feet on starting next friday night is when when basketball is really going to start to turn the corner you know right now it's it's been well it's early it's early it's early the tournaments and all this and next friday it's ohs apollo part one which we're already getting into it and i don't want to get into it too early but uh you know, that's when to me that the high school season is going to take that turn and it's going to be just fun ride from there on out because you're going to get games and games and games. And we've, we've tried to set up a little schedule, which we, I think we posted on our Twitter page. Yeah. We posted on our Twitter page at the homers one Oh two seven. Uh, we'll post it several times throughout the season. It's just games. We're going to try. It's a tentative schedule. If we can get out and, and, and go to all these games, it, we just got a, a full plate and I just can't wait because I'm a basketball junkie. I'm kind of getting off track here, but going to get to the aluminum sound palace, hopefully. That's right. Oh yeah. And out and we're going to try to get out to, uh, McLean, get over to Hancock. I know the Hancock's changed her schedule around on us trying to, <laughs> trying to alter my schedule that I worked so hard to make up. <laughs> but that's okay, Hancock County, because we love you. We will find a way to get over there one way or the other. Hashtag Hornet Pride. But back to Owensboro, I thought even though they lost these games, I still think they proved the point to me uh, that they can compete with these teams because competing with a team like Wayne County and a team like Doss, even though I really would like to see them go against a good kid uh, from uh, Taylor County, uh, losing to Doss, I'm just no, that's nothing wrong with that because Doss went on to finish third in the King of the Bluegrass. They beat Christ Presbyterian, who beat a couple really, really, really good teams in this tournament, and they were undefeated in King of the Bluegrass history. Uh, they were 10 and 0 up until they lost their last two and, and Doss was one of those. So OHS is here, folks. And I, I really believe that even though they, they lost a couple games, people are saying now, well, they're overrated or whatnot. I don't believe that one bit. I think by the end of the year, this team is going to be major players on a statewide level. And if, even though they came up short, a thing I really liked is, uh, Justin Miller, Jacoby Harris both had statewide reporters talking about them positively. I mean, those two, Eric Common gets all kind, of, you know, he gets all the, uh, credit and all the, uh, looks from colleges and things like that. But I mean, look at Justin Miller. He's out there doing it against top competition in the state. Yeah. And I've been saying that all along. I'm tired of just being overshadowed in Owensboro and in the third region. These kids just not getting the exposure that they deserve. It's a kid like Miller who goes out there every night, he's put 16 and 9. I mean, you might as well just go ahead and say he, he's good for about 16 and 10 almost every single time he steps on the basketball floor. Even when he has a bad night, he's good for that. Uh, so and that kid deserves all the credit in the world. And Jacoby's just developing before our eyes and our boy, uh, D. Ace. Donald Yates was talking about yeah. Jacoby. Yeah, I mean, you can watch it and see the development of that kid. So. You know you're doing big things when Yates is talking about you. <laughs> That's right. we got to get Yates on the show, too. I've been putting him off holidays and whatnot. I'm telling you, once once we get next week under our belt and we get out of these holiday tournaments, 
we'll turn the corner and the show will take off and basketball season will take off as well. But let's go ahead and get to our OHS Hellboy of the Week. Brought to you by Wendella's Canine Cafe. Call on 727 Leachfield Road. Call 270-316-5324. I'm fireproof. You're not. And unlike Eli Wright, I had to give the award to Eric Holman. I mean, he got 21. He averaged in, in the King of the Bluegrass tournament, which is against the best competition in the state of Kentucky. Uh, he, he's going for 21, 14, and 5. And he's got college coaches from across the nation watching him play. So, uh, you know, I heard a lot of people tell me when they, before he went up there, oh, well, he's, he's just going to do what he did in the Sweet 16. He's just, he's too timid and he, he doesn't go, yeah, whatever. I think he proved that wrong with those figures right there, and he showed that he probably was one of the best players in that entire tournament. Yeah, I argued with the uh, KSR guy during the summer that I think uh, Hallman compares very favorably to uh, a high school version of Nerland's Noel, and uh, they they didn't they didn't agree with me. And uh, I'll actually say I was wrong. Hallman compares better to no, Nerland's Noel's offensive game as Nolan Noel right now. <laughs> He's better than uh, Noel is right now in the NBA. Uh, he has the fifth worst plus minus in the league. You know who was ahead of him? The guy that Detroit just paid $40 million to leave their team. <laughs> yeah, Noel's struggling a little bit. Yeah, and, you, know, I kind of, you kind of expected that. But uh, Holman, <laughs> his shot blocking ability is unlike any kid. I said I've never seen a kid get to the rim with explosion uh, like Eli Wright does at a high school level. I've never seen a kid alter shots and alter defense the way – uh, Eric Holman uh, does, and you know, it's I've just, never it's seen a kid that's treat. 6'10 with the wingspan of 7'2 that's out there running the point, and you can run your he offense should. through and, and shooting threes. I'm sorry, and it's nothing against Jacoby, but my God, I mean, I just see this kid running the point. I mean, just let the offense roll through him. Whatever, I'm not a coach. If you're struggling with the press, put him in, at half court. Throw it to throw him, it up. and then throw it in the middle. Use the old Randy Moss technique. Just chuck it out there, dog, and let him go catch it. And then straight cash on the court. Yeah, it will be straight cash. But uh, I think all four teams actually, believe it or not, I think all four teams took a step in the right direction. Uh, city schools. You got OHS, who I wish they would have done better. I'm not gonna lie. I wish they would have represented a little better at King of the Bluegrass. But I think they showed they compete against those teams. And that's all you can really ask for on any given night. They could beat any one of those teams. Apollo starting to turn the corner offensively. You got Catholic who is missing Cam, but they're finding other guys to step in. And I think, and Neil Hayden can flat coach. And I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I love Coach Barker to death, but I'm not so sure that Neil Hayden may not be the best coach in this district. And that's crazy to say, but I mean. Hayden out Coach Barker in that game, I, even though Apollo won. I, I mean, I, th- I think it could be true. And Barker's still finding his way. And it's, but Neil Hayden is too. <laughs> Neil Hayden is too. <laughs> plus, is too. Plus 90% of his team are football players that he just <laughs> got right. like three weeks that's, ago. That's very true. And he is doing, he's doing a terrific job. And then, uh, DC, I mean, they go out and almost win the OIT versus two teams. To me, two teams that really had no business being in the game with. So I thought, uh, but now all of a sudden I'm starting to think they just beat Henderson County, who is, is solid. I mean, they're one of the top teams, uh, in, in all of Western Kentucky and they should have beat Bowling Green. So, uh, a great week for all four schools, in my opinion. But let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get things kicked off with our third region roundup outside the city. Started off with Meade County as they moved to nine to one, nine and one beating Letcher County Central, Redbird, and Leslie County to win the Leslie County Holiday Tournament. Grayson County 
has now won four straight, three of them in the Brick County Christmas Tournament versus John Harden, Caverna, and Breck in the title game. The Cougars were led in the title game by the Talons of Gary with 16 and Alex Shellhart with 13. McLean County, the Cougars down there, boys, won three games versus Lyon County, Hickman County, and Fort Campbell to win the Lyons County Holiday Tournament. The Cougars returned home to go 1-2 and two in the OIT, get a win versus Iroquois. Will Hudson leading the McLean County Cougars in scoring this season, 17 points per game. And finally, last but certainly not least, the Hancock County Hornets went 2-1 and one in the Brett County Christmas Tournament, getting wins against John Harden in Portland, Tennessee. The Hornets are being led in scoring by the guy that warned you about it, Steve. <laughs> he boy, Ty Ogle. He told me to mention every show. because hey, I, said it in our, I said it in our season preview. I said they lost one Ogle, but they got another one back. Yeah, and we saw him in Summer League. We knew right away this kid's going to be a, a stud, and he told me he's going to be a stud, and he, now he is a stud. So, you know, a couple of teams we didn't mention, I didn't run them in the rundown. It's just they're, they're having a really hard time. Is uh, uh, Muhlenberg County suffered some bad losses o- over there. And I, Tony Hopper will get it straight. Uh, it's just getting him get, – you know, they have a very tough schedule. I'm looking at Muhlenberg County's schedule, and the, my God, they play almost a tougher schedule than OHS and Apollo. They're playing these top teams. And then Ohio County, is just, they lost Trace. And so anytime you lose a guy like that, I mean, it's going to really, really impact your team. they got a new coach, new system. So – I expect Ohio County will get it going in the right direction. Similar to what Grayson County did last year, struggled mightily out of the gate. And then you can see them turn the corner and then they had a nice little regional tournament. Now it's translated over. And the Cougars, I mean, they're, they're playing just as good as basketball as anybody around here. I think uh, Grayson County, it's a lot like their football team. I think they're led by a bunch of seniors. It might not be uh, guys that can go out there and that any college coaches are looking at honestly but they can go out there and they can beat some teams it's got some college players on it yeah absolutely talent gary alex shellhart very good one-two punch and the and the cougars i mean that's all you can do you go to a holiday tournament what's your goal to win the holiday tournament and they they go down to brett county get the job done beat brett county and uh i thought mclean county showed well i mean they went to lyon county outside the region well, they do. They go down there. They win that tournament and come home, and they they go one and two in the OIT. But hey, in all fairness to the Cougars, they're in the bracket with uh, Warren Central and and, and Bowen. I mean, yeah, Warren Central and Henderson. That is, and they played Henderson very well through three quarters. Henderson just turned the heat up in the fourth quarter. We were just talking about it on the show last week. What a what a ungrateful gift they got for replacing Owensboro in the tournament with this with the draw that they got. And <laughs> Brutal. They, they got a win. Brutal. Yeah, and then so McLean County. Another team having a good start to the season, in my opinion. They have a lot of talent on this team. I mean, uh, Hudson, Kirk, and company, those guys are, are very solid. Hancock County, uh, you know, they, they show well. And then uh, last but not least, I mean, the team to me, I mean, there's really no denying at this point that they're, they're, they're going to be off until they come back a, a week from today. But uh, Meade County's 9-1 and one on the season. They beat Lester County, who... Uh, you know, they've been getting a lot of these wins. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't, they're not really beating anybody, to be honest. But then they go out and they beat Letcher County. And Letcher County is known to have a really good team. And so nine and one, they're just doing what they're supposed to do. They're, they're beating the teams that's in front of them. You can't argue with that. To me, Meade County, uh, belongs probably in the top three or four teams in the district. I know Clark had them ranked second. I think you can't really argue with that. Kind of reminds you of their football team a little bit. That's just true. some hard nosed players that go out there and get wins. That's right. So all in all, besides the two teams I mentioned uh, to start the uh, third region roundup, Muhlenberg, Ohio County, struggled just a little bit. Brett County, uh, they're they're hit and miss, but they're they're building something. You know, they're going in the right direction. I know they they've lost a few games in, in the region or whatnot. 
But all in all, I think it's been a pretty uh, pretty decent start to the holiday tournament season for most of our third region teams. While we're talking about the third region now, we do a vote every week at www.thehomers1027.com where you can vote for third region player of the week. We do the four uh, player of the weeks for the local city county schools here, so we wanted to get the other third region schools involved. So uh, we'll go ahead and get to the third region player of the week. And the winner's Maddie Stewart from Grayson County. Uh, girls getting it done. I know we haven't been able to cover a lot of girls lately, but, but we're going to get back on track with the podcast and the radio show and whatnot. We'll get back in the rhythm of covering girls basketball. But Maddie Stewart dropped 29 in a game last week. She definitely earned this award. I saw her, I've seen her firsthand and, and folks, she's the real deal. She got over 90% of the vote too. So it yeah. wasn't even close. No, not, not even close. Our outside schools just dominate these. Our, our city schools should be ashamed. The way they represent their schools. I mean, come on, Justin Miller, did he even get any votes? You gotta at least get the kid like 150 votes. I mean, come on. Come on, OHS. Yeah, I saw your, your fan base down in Bowling Green for the state championship game. I know you have some fans. I mean, come on, man. Just click on the www.thehomers1027.com. Get out there and vote for your, for your schools. Cause, uh, Grayson County and, and, uh, Mead County and, and Hancock, Hancock County, we had to County. take out of the football voting because they were just scoring it and owning it. Mule, um, um, McLean County, these schools are just owning our Owensville schools. So I want to get out and vote for your kids. But uh, we'll have another uh, a poll up uh, on on the show. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at the Homers one zero two seven, and we'll uh, keep you abreast of the nominees this week. We haven't really got that lined out yet, but we will have it up. Uh, probably on the website, probably tomorrow, so we can go ahead and get the voting underway for the next week. So uh, right now, I guess we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we've got the top 10 moments of 2014, a lot of special, special memories, special moments from the year that was, and we're really looking forward to unveiling that for you. So stay with us right here on the Homers Podcast. Whether you want to paint it black and red or Apollo Eagle Blue, be sure and contact our sponsor for Apollo High School Athletics, Colbert Painting at 68 Colonial Court. Dial 270-929-1044. This is Stephen A. Turner, voice of the Owensboro Catholic Aces football team. We want to give a big shout-out to our Owensboro Catholic Athletics sponsor, St. Maximilian Colby Book and Gift. At 111 East 18th Street, dial 270-689-9485. Who let the dogs out? Wendell Canine Cafe on 727 Beachfield Road is the place to spoil your four-legged friends. With treats, clothing, cat and dog nail trims, and more. Ask about cat and dog kenneling and obedience classes. Contact Wendell's Canine Cafe at 270-316-5324. Cause 
Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, it's always a slam dunk with the Vanover team at Greater Owensboro Realty. Contact them at 270-315-0354, where everything they touch turns to soap. the homers podcast and it is the final countdown the final countdown of 2014 that is we've got to get into our top 10 moments of the year and we had just a phenomenal it's our first year doing this show i know we had our first year anniversary a couple weeks ago and i thought instead of maybe doing a top 10 teams during the hectic time that is the holiday tournaments we should do a top 10 moments of 2014 so let's go ahead and, and get things kicked off uh we had so many moments that I, that I had to leave a couple out but I want to mention them because they, they need to, they need to be mentioned. Uh first, OHS and Madisonville football playoffs. I know it's overshadowed because of the other games that happened later, uh but that game on a normal season is going to be I know I said it at the time. I remember uh how the kids were always going to remember that game and you know they're they're going to talk about it like we do, me and Clark do and reminisce on on the old days and whatnot. I think it might be a little overshadowed now, but it shouldn't be because you're talking about the fake punt and the going for it and uh, a goal line conversion. stand by OHS over or a dominant running back like a Jerron White where he's on the goal line and you get a stop from I believe it's Tavion Board that came up and just nailed him at the one yard line and yeah. stood him up. I mean, there was all kinds of plays in that game. The uh, the rugby punt is that was as it was named by Mr. Clark as a. Uh, uh, Locker went for it. He has the option to either punt it or go for it. And even uh, even the coach was like, I didn't even know he was going to go for that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a 21-point comeback, first of all. You got this led by an onside kick, which is crazy in itself. Then you get to the very end of the game, and you've got uh, OHS scoring that what looks like is going to tie the game on the extra point. Instead, Prince goes for two. Uh, Ronnie uh, Wiseman gets the, t- the two-point conversion. Next thing you know, OHS is up. Goal line stand, fake punt. Interception by Arias, who's been out. Who has a broken injuries. arm. Who has a broken arm. Who broke his arm versus Madisonville in the first meeting. It is just, that was an unbelievable story. Just, it was almost like, if you, if you ever watched wrestling back in, when wrestling was good and it was wrestling and they, they go in the ring and they tell a story in the ring. It, watching that game was like telling a story on the football field, just how it played out. Just, uh, you couldn't storybook write that, that, that game any better for me. And I, it's one that stands out and it has to be mentioned as an honorable mention on the top 10. Yeah, it didn't even make the list. <laughs> so get ready. Buckle your seatbelts because the list is just going to be great. Uh, I want to also want to get to Trenton Cundiff, a game I got the call on the radio 1027, the game me and Ben Hardesty got to call it uh, versus Warren Central. Trenton Cundiff goes out and throws a no hitter. Uh, it was just a, to me at the time, for calling games, it's something I've always wanted to do, and to get to call that a no hitter was just something special. Speaking of uh, getting to call things, uh, you got to look at the call the Dust Bowl, which is pretty awesome this yeah. year. Hey, that's a good moment too. You know, I left that out. Uh, so, but yeah, Dust Bowl was awesome. We had people uh, hitting us up on Twitter like, man, you can actually hear the Dust Bowl on the radio. Like, this is that's this crazy. Is a, this is crazy. Like, what's going on? We had a blast down there doing that. Thanks to. Uh, Baker and everything for setting that up. I, I think it was, and uh, you know, it was just it was just a great day all in all. So a lot of a lot of cool moments that did not make the list, uh, but we got to move it on now and get to the number ten uh, moment of the year, I guess. We actually got sound from this one. Yeah, let's let's get the sound. 
And if, if you're not aware of what that is, that's that's a bunch of kids rushing the floor, breaking my heart. Really, is what it is. And I, I actually made this list, so I put it at number ten because it, it probably could have been higher. But that's the sound of Davis County upsetting Apollo in the opening round of Ninth District. And as we had sound from that game, we also had sound of Stephen A. Turner immediately following that game. <laughs> I, think you, I think you still hear me uh, cry about that until we can change it and get out of the first round of district. I'll, you'll probably hear that from me right there. But also that night we were out in the lobby and got to have a really awesome show, I thought, live. Uh, we did a little pregame action. We had Coach Drake on. We had uh, uh, Coach Johnson, the girls basketball coach from Apollo, who I got to interview as a kid. And, you know, I say kid. I was about 9 or 10 years old. I looked up to Orlando Johnson. I got to interview him on the radio, which to me, that's that's one of the coolest things I've done so far for the show. I thought Steve was going to faint when he was interviewing him. <laughs> it was pretty him. cool. It was, it was really cool. But then the game that followed was absolutely not cool. What Before the game, though, Steve made the guarantee that I Apollo did. was going to get the win. I did. I did guarantee it. And that was something I, I obviously didn't learn my lesson from because I made other guarantees, which foreshadowing later in the in the top ten. But... Let's go ahead and move it on to number nine, the number nine moment of the year for me on my list. Another game I got to call. I'm behind the microphone. Uh, Meade County and Grayson County girls, probably the most entertaining basketball game, boys or girls, that I got to watch all season long. Ward was there, and I think he can attest to it. Yeah, that game was awesome. I was doing the uh, Twitter pictures and updates, and literally before I could get the update that some girl had just hit two threes to put Meade County up by three, Grayson County would come down, and Grace White would hit a three, and then uh, you come back, and Rayleigh Johnson would take over and, and go to the hole, score two points, and then you got uh, uh Madison Stewart who would come down and hit a couple threes i mean that game was awesome i mean that that really did spark the uh, love for uh, girls basketball for the homers for sure yeah it never stopped the pace was unlike any girls game that i'd ever seen and it's where i think that's where we started to get our love for rayleigh uh from just because the toughness of just a, Should a black eye yeah black eye from district that carried over looked like she'd been in a street fight and just go toe-to-toe, and then Grayson County just comes up just a little short. Really, there's really shouldn't have been a loser in that game because both teams played so well. But that moment st- stood out to me. I had to put it in the top ten because it's the, the how awesome the game was and how much it meant because Meade County, I think they used that momentum to go on and defeat Owensboro Catholic uh, to, to make their run to state. But uh, we'll move it on now to the number eight moment uh, of the year, and it, I think it was our uh, show from Maloney's. I put that up on the list. I think that was, to me, that's what kind of took the show maybe from being kind of a Mickey Mouse, you know, thing. I didn't know that anybody was really paying attention. I think it's the first time I noticed people actually paying attention. We actually had people actually coming to want to be on the show, filled up Maloney's and had a great time. Coach Sargent. Yeah, I got to thank that guy. Coach Sargent brought his whole Apollo squad with him. And also we did the uh, midseason player of the year awards. Uh, Eli Wright got his and uh, Tim Bickle from Davis County was there. Yeah, and it was just all around good time. I think our boy Brian uh, Sumner. That's right. We had the they're gorilla. asking us questionable questions. That's right. very questionable questions, and we had the gorilla there. It was just it was a it was a good gorilla time. Gorilla style. That's right. Cause that's how we roll. Uh, but anyway, we'll move it on now to the number seven moment. And to me, the uh, Lady Egals run at state uh, softball. It was awesome. Uh, really, just. They put it together and almost won the winner's bracket, which is almost absurd if you look at the competition they had to go up against. Came up just a little bit short uh, in that that final game there, the winner's bracket. Uh, just 
just one run separating them from from winning the winner's bracket there. But all in all, the Lady Eagles had a phenomenal run, really turned the corner as a program. Now I can't wait to see where that program's going to go in the upcoming season. I think they solidified themselves as a contender uh, across town. So uh, I just had a blast covering it as well because, you know, obviously anytime Apollo can have some success and I'm a part of it, uh, it's always a good time. So the thing I remember from that run is the uh, excellent amount of fans that turned out to those uh, state title games. I mean, that it was ridiculous. We, I couldn't to, to find a place to get for pictures. I had to go to the opposing side and sit on like the, not even the bleachers, like the lower level of the ground, like right in front of the bleachers <laughs> to even fit in. There was Apollo fans behind the plate. There was Apollo fans down the right field line, the left field line, the bleachers. It was ridiculous. Yeah, they did. They showed up very well, and that's good. You know, anytime. Your team's in town playing on a statewide level like that. You want to represent, and I was very proud of Eagle Nation uh, for representing the Eagles, the state t- uh, title run. Uh, but we'll move it on now to a, a moment that, that wasn't so fun for me. Uh, it's a moment I've got to squeeze in in here because, to me, it might be the biggest upset we've ever covered, which led to uh, me getting egged. Yeah, we actually got sound from this where uh, Mr. David Clark's uh, introducing this. is Mr. Turner had uh, guaranteed that there was no chance that Owensboro Lady Devils could beat the Owensboro Catholic Lady Aces in softball. And he was so sure at that that if they won, they could come there and egg him at the studio. And what do you Let's know? Let's be serious. Let's for a minute. Clark was burying them, too, on the microphone. And I was – he was I, smart enough not, I, not to put any guarantees I out there. I was burying them. I felt so bad. I was like, man, if they pulled this off, they deserve to get us back. They deserve for some revenge. So I'll take the, I'll take the egging like a man if, if they, uh, if they win the game. And lo and behold, the biggest upset probably in ninth district history, basketball, football, baseball, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is the biggest one I can ever remember being a part of. And I paid the price. That, to put it in perspective that some of the people that might not be familiar with uh, girls softball is that would be like UK this year in the NCAA AA tournament getting beat in the first round by like Texas A&M. Yeah, it would. It really would. So, yeah, it, it just an absolute shocker. And, and Mr. Turner opened his mouth, inserted foot, and this happened. Each of them got two eggs. You know what? We only got three. Let's give them three eggs. How about that? Three. Three. <laughs> All right, let's give them three. How about that? Let's even it up to a strict dozen. All right, what we're going to do is, is we're going to count the three. Man, Stephen A. Turner here is going to take his medicine, and for once and for all, we're going to realize that you never, and I mean ever, pick against the legendary Owensboro High School. So on the count of three, ladies. Hey, I brought a shirt special for the occasion. That's right. Wearing his wearing his Owensboro Catholic gear, taking it like a man. So on the count of three, ladies. I want you to give him a good, solid, Lady Red Devil softball egg chucking. Just don't throw it at his feet. Listen to the velocity on this. Head. Anywhere from here to here. Fair game. Three, two, one. Turn around. That's Mama Turner yelling, turn around. Getting embarrassed. That didn't even break. Mason, you gotta step up closer. Got reinforcements. It's not over yet. Got another dozen. Keep taking it. The second round was much worse. Much, much worse. Let's do it again. Round two. Oh, got him. Somebody's got aim over there. 
That, that, that person that had aim over there was uh, Kaylee Webb. Oh he put an egg right in the back of the, uh, he was, uh, Steve was actually wearing a Bubba Fett helmet to protect his face and it turned around once he got hit in the ribs and thought he got <laughs> shot. <laughs> like I've been shot. So I tried to turn and it's, and I got it's hit right in the back of the head, back of the neck and it ended up getting, getting yoke in his beard and inside the My mask nose. and everything. Kaylee Webb, uh, Austin Black and Madeline Flaherty. You gotta thank them for coming out and egging Mr. Turner. I think uh, Kaylee did some. I mean, she was just trying to kill me. She was the one that uh, that went so hard it went all the way over the, the night dug out of the softball field. The night that they beat Catholic in that tournament, we were actually at the uh, another softball game, and the Lady Devils came there, and Kaylee was the one that found me and was like, "Where's the guy that we get to egg?" So she was definitely the one that had taken this one personally. She got her payback. It was, it, I, if I, if I, if I contributed in that upset in any way, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I could take a, take an egg. I'll, I'll never make that prediction again. I'll say that. So, uh, not against the Lady Devils anyway. Uh, but to me, that's, that's, that stands out. That could probably be higher if the seat, if this year hadn't been so magical on so many levels for, for different other things. Uh, we'll move it on now to the, uh, number, uh, number five. Yeah, number five. Is Mead the run to diddle? Uh, what? That's right. Get the Johnny Utah in there. It's the waves running. Oh, okay. It's the waves crashing like they did on the third region. The waves overcame, yeah, the, the Cougars, and then they over, they just drowned it out the Aces in the third region championship game. Uh, but to me, what made this so special to me was that Mead County's out of, this is when the homers were just actually really getting our feet under us, and, uh, we're starting to show off or whatnot, and, and, they had a really good run. We had some really good pictures from regional, and they like they liked our coverage so much. They're not even in our listening area at that time. We weren't doing podcasts; we're only on the radio, one hundred two seven, the game, and they couldn't even pick us up on the radio in Mead. Uh, but we told them on Twitter, you know, if you guys want us to go, you have to let the radio station know that it's worth their time to send us there. And uh, sure enough, I mean, they flooded the radio station with emails and and suggestions and whatnot and got us down to diddle got, got to do the drive to diddle on the way there the drive to diddle and then we did the uh we got we got our first ever press passes which i fake it till you make it i guess and that's pretty much what we've done here and uh it worked out well we got front row seats at diddle for the uh for the Meade county game and while Meade county came up short it was still it's still a magical time anytime your team get, gets to go to state and I had a blast covering the Lady Waves last year. It was just something special. The thing I remember about the game at Diddle was uh, Addie Lynch. She was out, out manned by a good six inches on the girl she was guarding. At least. The, the guard from uh, the team they were playing was just huge, and she, and she she held her own against her the whole time. And now she's given up 50 pounds at six inches. Yeah, absolutely. Me was overmatching that game, but their heart, you know, they, they never let it never let it go. They kept battling the whole time, and I had a blast. Just that whole, the whole Meade County experience really kind of was born within that regional semifinal that was earlier that I mentioned in the, in the top 10. I think it was number nine and now all the way up to number, uh, number five where Meade County sits. Just the whole thing about the, the aura kind of began there and it just continued on. But, uh, we'll go ahead and get to the number four, uh, thing on our poll here, which is OHS state football. I mean, the, the OHS, uh, Red Devils go down to Western Kentucky University. And they, they play Highlands, and we got sideline passes. Me and Water down there on the sidelines, and I can't believe this is number four. I and mean, we're only on number four, but this—that's where this one's going to stack up on the list to me, and just an awesome experience. Yeah, and the the fans of Owensboro just showed out that game. There was an estimated seventy five hundred in attendance, and sixty five hundred of them was Owensboro, and a thousand of them was Highlands. Here's just a few sounds from the Owensboro fans. 
Devil's Den getting hype. All Ward has to do is walk in front of these kids for Owensboro, and they just lose their minds. I mean, it's just insane. Like, put me on, come on, and they, they love it. And you know, the, the being on the field for the game was cool. It's right, we're right there on the sidelines. We get an up close and personal view of what's going on. Uh, what I'll always remember about that game is Rodney Collier just dominating in a, in a game where OHS really hadn't thrown the ball a lot all year. Rodney Collier on the biggest stage with him and and Nick Locker too. I mean, Nick Locker looked like uh, uh, the Nick D1, Locker was the best quarterback on the field. Absolutely, D one college recruit style quarterback and had just had a great, great, great first half. Let it get away from him in the second half. We won't dwell on that, but uh, it was just a fun time and a moment that I'll always remember, a big-time moment within the year of 2014. And the best thing about uh, Rodney Collier going off was a little bit of vindication of this program. As all year we have been yelling, get this kid the ball. He is a playmaker. Yeah. And on the biggest biggest stage of them all, he shows that he is. He was, he was unstoppable. The only way they could stop the kid was to commit a penalty against him and hold him. Yeah, I mean, we had, he, he made us look smart. Anytime a guy makes a guy like me look smart, I'm going to go ahead and reward him with a thank you. Uh, thank you, Rodney Collier, for doing what we knew you had in you all along. And, uh, I think you showed out on the biggest stage of them all and number four on our, on our top ten. Good looking out, little sway, you see. That's right. We'll move it on now to number three. I've got it as, uh, Mead County, uh, the, the trip down there for the regional baseball tournament it wasn't just Mead County, but it was, we had eight teams, uh, total in the, in the tournament. Uh, that day, it was a Memorial Day where they play basically from morning until night. And we, we set up a little tent there. I had the sunburn on the backside of my body from taking pictures that <laughs> proved that it was very hot that day. Me and Clark are pretty much camped out in the air conditioning half the day. And you got Ward out there taking pictures nonstop. And then my mom was out there. I'm a turner holding it down. Doing the, doing the beach bin tickets and whatnot. And we got to get out and just meet a lot of people uh region from all across the third region and we had uh, a we had a, a guy come up from Muhlenberg and was like which one of you guys cursed my team he's like <laughs> holy crap people listen to us in Muhlenberg people listen to us talk I mean they, not only do they listen but they take us seriously that's the most that's the most crazy thing to me the but. thing I remember about that day is uh the Whitesville Trinity Raiders taking the uh former state champion Meade County Green Wave to extra innings I think it took them 11 innings and they won, they won like one nothing and uh Whitesville Trinity you know they're one of our favorite schools here they got they've got just no no amount of students compared to any of these other schools and they may win it. They may win it this year. They, yeah. they got all these kids coming back that it took extra innings for me to beat this year or this past year, and they're all coming back this year. We can't wait for uh, Whitesville Trinity baseball. Yeah, I think it's 88-some students or something like that. I mean, if they were to come out of the third region, that would be a, a Hoosiers-like uh, monumental story there. For, they for could have done it last year. They could have. They, they really they're all could've. back. And so we'll see going forward, but, uh, man, I had a blast down there. That game really, really, really stands out. Also, if you're an Ohio County fan, Apollo way ahead, heartbreaker for me, obviously, but it was a fantastic game for Ohio County that day coming from behind in the very last inning and scoring like seven runs or something like that in the last <laughs> inning. Of course, you got to mention Davis County ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Stuart Curry just dominating the third region. Uh, trying to meet John Stratton out there in center. Both guys, John Stratton made a huge catch to pres- preserve it. Curry pitched phenomenal on the mound. So all in all, baseball, it, it took a while for baseball to get going. Just like, a, you know, I think it feels like that in every sport. You know, it starts off kind of slow and builds up. But man, come playoff time in any sport, it's just unbelievable. That's because they start baseball when it's like 19 degrees outside still. That was rough. <laughs> they do. I can't, I can't do baseball when, when it's below 50. 
outside. But I had a great time down there. I put that as number three on the countdown. We'll move it now to number two on the countdown, which is almost unbelievable to me. I keep saying that, but number two, OHS at Rupp Arena. They win the third region championship, and then we get to go up there and cover the Devils at Rupp. To me, uh, mem- memory-wise, because I wasn't at the number one, I won't, I won't spoil it yet, but I'm sure everybody knows what it is, but uh, I wasn't at that one. To me, this is a moment that I'll always remember is being able to go to Rupp Arena as a member of the media and having all access to Rupp Arena, walking through there like a kid in a candy store with my eyes just, you know, big around a silver dollars, just looking around at everything. And it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah, we're not your typical media that's normally uh, rolling around the bowels of uh, Rupp Arena. And, and uh, that was made evident as we were checking in to get our press passes. And a scalper comes up and asks me, uh, y'all need some tickets? I'm like, no, we're checking into the media, our media tickets right now. He's like, y'all are media? You don't look like media. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's pretty much how we answered that. Thank you for that. And then all the uh, all the other media people that were walking into the uh, the the uh, media room where you eat at, and they were just looking at us, and it was almost like they were thinking we were going to rob them or something. The way they were eyeballing <laughs> it us really was. Uh, but you know, I, and it might have been because Clark was hyperventilating. That might have been why they were looking at him. I literally <laughs> thought David Clark several times was going to pass out on this trip. Yeah. There's one point that they've got they've got ice cream in in the uh, at the place where the media eats, and he gets, he takes a bite of. He's like, even the ice cream is the perfect temperature. <laughs> he did. He was uh yeah he was he's just amped up. I mean I'm a UK fan, but he's a UK fan to the umph degree, and so it, obviously for Clark it was something special. And then it started off with him uh, following his uh, KSR guys into the. They were did, actually yeah. checking in as we were. So I mean Clark was just in heaven. Yeah, and then we go. We're trying to find the arena because obviously we're not you know fake it till you make it. Like I said, and here we are walking down this long hallway trying to find the arena, and we're like they told us it was the last door on the right, and you look down there and it's just a little steel door. And it looks like your normal average bedroom door. Uh, nothing special about it. We had like, passed four times. It was like a broom closet. And you're like, I don't know what this, you know. We, so we walked back and we walked there. And I was like, let's just open the door. And you open the door and it's like the Wizard of Oz. Literally, you open the door and, and there's, there's color. Arena. It's just like we're in this little bitty tiny hallway. You open a broom closet door and wham, Rupp Arena is right in front of you full of screaming fans that you could not hear through no, the door. That uh, broom closet was soundproof. Yeah, it must have been. So, uh, you know, that to me, you had to be there to understand what I'm trying to say, but uh, it was just a phenomenal thing. And unfortunately, OHS did come up short versus the best team. That, may I mention that Trinity's uh, they're ranked in the top 25 in the nation right now. So Yeah, and unfortunately, the rest didn't let us see the no, uh, no. Hallman-Spalding yeah. matchup we all wanted to because Hallman got to play about seven minutes because of whack fouls. Yeah, because everybody wants to see official the take, good, ruin a, the a good thing like that. The good thing I did take away from that game is our boy Jalen Kelly, his final game as a Red Devil, and he, was, he, he showed out out there for the Red Devils. Him and uh, Jacoby Harris also is like you got the senior going out good, and you got the uh, the young gun coming up. Yeah, no question, no question, and uh, that'll get us to our number one overall moment. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna say the moment. I'm just gonna let Ward uh, play the audio for it.
Obviously, the number one overall moment is the Hail Mary OHS at North Oldham to advance the Red Devils to state in football. It's the moment of the year. It has to be uh, just something you'll always remember, even as an Apollo guy. I'm always going to remember listening to that on the radio. I'm sure Ward Clark, I mean, I know Clark. I mean, that'll go down in history probably as the top moment ever. Yeah, I was literally standing three feet from uh, Keyshawn whenever he made that catch. It was absolutely ridiculous. Our our uh, Twitter and Facebook blew up. We got like 11,000 views of the video on YouTube. It got picked up by Yahoo News, uh, Deadspin, Sporting News, all kinds of national sites were picking this thing up. And uh, to top it all off, our boy uh, Daryl Vanover got him on SportsCenter. Center top plays from a fun Saturday brought to you by Mazda. High school football, Owensboro high down three. Oh, Nick Walker, kiss one Walker. It's tipped three times. That's a game winning touchdown. Way to go, Nick Walker. <laughs> That's what he followed it up with. We say that all the time, but I thought it was really funny. But man, what a year. I mean, that, you know, that moment right there is something you, I don't think you're going to see again. You know, those moments don't come along very often. They're, they're, they're just unbelievably special. When you have moments uh, like, you know, Meade going to Diddle or, or AHS Apollo EGAL State Run, which in most years, to me, I mean, I've been I've been following uh, local sports for a long time. Most years, the EGAL State Tournament Run probably is going to rank right at the top. I mean, it's really, it really is. It's probably going to be right there at one or two, and you got that all the way down at like seven. And the ones in front of it be hard-pressed. I mean, you got the Owensboro, Owensboro Catholic upset, huge. I mean, that's... Biggest upset probably I've ever seen. And you got the, the Hail Mary, which is the biggest play that I've ever seen. And OHS and going to state in football, going to Rupp in basketball. I mean, all these things that happened in our year, first year as the Homer show. A lot of now, Owensboro winning going it, on. Six of the 12 moments that I mentioned, two honorable mentions overall, or OHS related. A great year if you're an OHS fan. And, you know, and this, else, this sound right here sums it up perfectly. I hated that cheer as an Apollo fan. We are Owensboro because it, it always rings out at the wrong time when you're you an Apollo fan. You heard it a lot this year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I sure did. And they earned it, by goodness. They have earned it. And I, one thing I did leave off that I can't leave off, I mean, I'm sitting here and, you know, I, I'm just, you know, I lack sleep and whatnot. So there's, there's, if there's ever, if there's a moment that we left out, you need to let us know. Hit us up at the Homers 1027 because I'm sure there probably is. And one that's just right off the top of my head, John Augustine. Win state and golf. I mean, the kid individual uh, wins it in golf, and then the Lady Aces soccer program goes all the way to the state championship game. We didn't even mention that. So, I mean, there's all these all these moments from this year. I think that's 15 we've mentioned. Yeah, that. I mean, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. So, yeah, that's right. The dust bow was in there too. So, 15 total. And uh, we could probably end up reeling off about 20 for you. But uh, all in all, if, if 2015 is anything like 2014. Uh, local sports fans are in for an absolute treat because I've been a part of it for at least 25 years. I don't know that I've ever seen this many just crazy moments and being on Sports Center and all that. And NCAA level talent, NCAA level talent, like I've never seen in this area before. So we got into this at the right time. We're really we're really milking it uh, at the right time. Thanks to the kids, parents, and everybody for being involved. And we we hope to just crank it up. 
uh, to another level in 2015. So, and we're really hoping we'll have some big news for you coming up soon. Hopefully some sponsorships come aboard. We'll be able to do even more things than we were able to do last year. Just keep growing this thing and make it bigger and bigger. But, uh, I thought it was pretty good top 10, top 15 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I got no beef. A lot of worthy, a lot of worthy moments, stuff that I'll remember all the way up until I'm old and gray, which I'm already starting to turn gray. So I'm halfway. You're already there. getting called sir. <laughs> I'm already getting called sir by Eli Wright. Uh, so I'm halfway home on that. But uh, before we get out of here, real quickly, I want to go over where the teams are going to be this week. Uh, Muhlenberg County, our Mustangs down in Cold Country, as Clark likes to say, they're heading up to Ashland for a holiday tournament up there. A lot of good competition for the Mustangs. Like I say, their schedule, man, it's it's comparable. Uh, to the Apollos of the world, to the Owensboro's of the world. They're playing some of the state's best teams. They got Knott County Central coming into Muhlenberg, which I think that's, that's a week from tonight. We're, we're still trying to figure out the whole Jordan Terry situation. Still that's trying a to figure huge that out. loss for them if he's not playing. Absolutely. When, you know, we, there's a lot of things still, you know, coming under wraps. I think this time last year, we were trying to figure out the Jordan Terry situation. Ended up working its way out and they go all the way to the regional championship. Now, Tony Hopper has a way of doing that. He has this little magic wand that he gets out and waves and takes his team that has no business being there all the way up to the regional championship. As game. he takes so. bites of cheeseburgers and laughs about it. <laughs> That's right. That's why that guy, to me, was one of my three wise men a week ago because he he's just a magician uh, as a basketball coach. And we'll see what he can do with these Mustangs who have who've had kind of a rough week. They're heading up to Ashland this week. Uh, right now we'll talk about the Grayson County Cougars who travel down to Campbellsville. They're fresh off a big Breckenridge County win. Uh, Breckenridge uh, Holiday Tournament, they won that one. We'll see if they can go two for two as they go to Campbellsville this week. And just You know who their leading scorer was that game? The Talons of Gary. Can't get enough Talon Gary on the program, our uh, football MVP. Uh, that didn't even make the list uh, for the top moments, but Talon Gary uh, was our football MVP from 2014, so doing it on the hardwood as well. Another out-of-town out of team that won the voting. Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. Our votes. Come on, four city county schools. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, we got Owensboro Catholic, who is going down to Bowling Green in a big tournament. And this tournament's loaded. Uh, you got, uh, I know the games that are scheduled for the Aces are Madison Southern and University Heights. Two winnable games. They've already beaten University Heights in the OIT. So, uh, looking for good things for Owensboro Catholic. Continue to build, even without Cam there. I look for them to, con- to come away from this tournament well. And uh, Bowling Green and Bardstown are in this tournament as well. Mentioning uh, Cam not being there, I actually seen a picture of him. He wasn't able to play, but the dude was over there coaching. Yeah, he's out in a suit. He, and, and I saw him at Hardy's. Like I say, you're not going to be able to keep this kid away. I'm I'm hoping he you know, gets cleared and everything's good with him because, I mean, I miss watching him play on, on the court. He's a tremendous, tremendous player. And more importantly, I hope his health is is all good too. But uh, Warren Central in this tournament, the Meyer Holiday Tournament, is the real deal as far as Western Kentucky goes after Christmas. So Owensboro Catholic representing big there. No Hayden trying to get that program uh, on a different level, and I think he's doing good things there. But – uh, moving on now to OHS, who I think is going to be without their point guard, Jacoby Harris, this week. Uh, so we'll see how they fare in there. You have to kind of throw that into the mix when you're looking at these scores. Don't have a whole lot of schools that are in this. It's El Dorado, Illinois, so they're going to be playing some Illinois schools that we're really unfamiliar with. So hopefully the the, uh, the Red Devils can go out of, out of state and represent the state of Kentucky. Union County is there as well. They're the only Kentucky school that I know that's in it. Uh, so maybe the the Devils will come back with a uh, El Dorado trophy. When I first saw this, I thought they were going to Texas. I thought maybe the Devils were traveling down there to uh, the Mexican border to see if they could come back with a with a trophy. But uh, you know, it's kind of like our good friends down in Edmonton County. 
<laughs> you never know where the where the show may end up, Texas or Canada. Uh, but unfortunately, El Dorado is just Illinois, so uh, take some of the steam away from it. Uh, but last but not least, I think Apollo is in the biggest uh, tournament uh, that's left now that the King of the Bluegrass is out of the way. You got. The Lexington Catholic Tournament, I think it's the tradition. It was the Republic, now it's a tradition bank tournament. Just absolutely loaded. I think six of the 12 teams are, are ranked in the state. Uh, Trinity's in there. you got Bryant Station, Covington Catholic, defending state champions. Manuel uh, Henderson, who just got beat by Davis County, is in there. Uh, Apollo will play Saturday uh, versus the winner of Perry County Central and Mail. And I, I did some homework on both of these teams. They're both pretty doggone good. I know Perry Central is in there with Not Central, who uh, they're going to be competing for that that regional title. So Apollo has a couple winnable games out to shoot. I think if they could just represent maybe and get a couple wins in this tournament, it'd send this team in the right direction and get them ready. Because when they come back, and you got Owensboro on Friday night, a week from tonight, and then you have Hoptown, who they'll play next Saturday. So, I mean, these teams are going to be coming back. I know right now everything's hectic, and a lot of people don't know uh, what's going on out of town and not really following as close as they would be if they were in town. But when these teams get back, it's going to get real really fast because OHS and Apollo play each other Friday night, then they go over to Muhlenberg on Saturday. I can't remember. It's escaping me who OHS plays. They play somebody really, really, really good, too, over in uh, Muhlenberg, and then Apollo plays Hoptown. So, it's going to get real in about a week. These teams are going to really start to see some some high-level competition, and I'm looking forward to it because I'm just a flat-out basketball junkie. But that'll, that'll about wrap it up. You about ready to get out of here? I want to remind you, you can go to www.thehomers1027.com for exclusive podcasts, daily news, picks, videos, and more. Follow at the Homers 1027 on Twitter and Instagram for pictures courtesy of Daryl Vanover and Greater Owensboro Realty. Find us on Facebook, The Homer Show. If you'd like to sponsor The Homer Show for as low as $25 a week, give me a call at 270-315-4242. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I'm designed just trying to explain in due time. Oh, I know. Time is a valuable thing. Watch it fly by as the pendulum swings. Watch it count down to the end of the day. The clock takes life away. It's so, so This is Stephen A. Turner, voice of the Owensboro Catholic Aces football team. We want to give a big shout-out to our Owensboro Catholic Athletic sponsor, St. Maximilian Colby Book and Gift at 111 East 18th Street. Dial 270-689-9485. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, it's always a slam dunk with the Vanover team at Greater Owensboro Realty. Contact them at 270-315-0354, where everything they touch turns to soap. Whether you want to paint it black and red, 
or Apollo Eagle Blue, be sure and contact our sponsor for Apollo High School Athletics, Colbert Painting at 68 Colonial Court. Dial 270-929-1044. Wendella's Canine Cafe on 727 Leachfield Road is the place to spoil your four-legged friends. With treats, clothing, cat and dog nail trims, and more, ask about cat and dog kenneling and obedience classes. Contact Wendella's Canine Cafe at 270-316-5324. 